This life-changing message comes to you from Church of the Harvest. It's our prayer that this message will inspire your life and bring hope to your future. I'm on, uh, while you're doing that, just share. I, uh, it's interesting to me the way some of the songs that we sing uh, during this time of year, how they came into being. And I happened to hear the other day about Silent Night how this actually came into uh, being, this, this song. And um, it was in 1818, the guy's name is Joseph Moore, and he was serving as a priest at St. Nicholas Church in Austria. He was in charge of the Christmas Eve Mass, and uh, he was all excited about it. He got to church several hours early to get ready, and they had the choir, and they were all... Uh, excited about the service. He goes to play the organ. Well, first he did a smart thing. He got, he knelt down and he just worshiped God. He asked God to bless the evening. So he goes to the organ and the organ does not work. And he did everything he could to get it to work. It did not work. So finally, in desperation, he, he, he leaves the church. He goes to a friend's house that used to study organ, and he was hoping this friend could help him, and this friend didn't know how to repair the organ. So he said, I, I can play guitar. And he said, well, that wouldn't work with our choir. Huh? And anyway, the, this priest who was in charge, he remembered, Joseph Moore, he remembered he had written a poem years before. And this poem is what we know now as the song Silent Night. And, and he got with his friend, and that since it was, they had a little bit of time, the Lord downloaded the music to, to his friend. And he wrote the music to go with this poem. And it was, it set the whole night. God blessed that song, and it was, uh, people encountered his presence. And anyway... It would have been dropped then, except the organ repairman came, and he heard about this service and asked about this song, this new song that was sang. And so the priest gave him uh, the song, and everywhere he went repairing organs, and he would take this song, and it turned out it went all over Europe. Seven years later, it crossed the Atlantic Ocean, came to New York City, and their uh, uh, Austria family sang it. It was the, the Rainers sang this song, and it became the most popular Christmas carol uh, in America. In fact, it was so popular, they said during the Union Confederacy, uh, during the war, on Christmas Day, there was a ceasefire, and you could hear both troops singing together Silent Night. Maybe they should have made it Christmas Day every day. <laughs> but anyway, uh, and then in 1936, a guy named Bing Crosby picked up this song. He was singing for charity, and he picked the most popular Christmas song of the day. So he picked this song to sing, and he wasn't even going to record it, but his brother, his brother Bob, you got to watch those brother Bobs. They can be something. 
Anyway, he, he bugged his brother Bing to record this and give all the money to charity. And that's what he did. And Bing wasn't going to record it or do anything. He said, okay, let's do that. It goes to seven on the uh, music charts, which was, you think of a Christmas carol going up the charts. This went to number seven. And then Bing Crosby became, uh, his voice became one of the symbols of Christmas carols for the next 40 years. And that's how the song Silent Night came into being. Interesting, huh? Or am I the only one that was interested? <laughs> Y'all are being kind of silent on me. Okay. <laughs> oh, I like that. Good thing it wasn't night then been silent. Remember. Okay, I'm going to read to you the Christmas story. And uh, this is uh, kind of difficult to follow, but uh, it's in Luke 1. I use Matthew, and actually I combined some of them to give a little bit fuller picture of what happened. So it's the, uh, the Christmas story from the, from the Gospels. God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a village in Galilee, to a virgin named Mary. She was engaged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of King David. Gabriel appeared to her and said, Greetings, favored woman. The Lord is with you. Confused and disturbed, Mary tried to think what the angel could mean. Don't be afraid, Mary, the angel told her, for you have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son. You will name him Jesus. He will be very great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestor, David. He will reign over Israel forever. His kingdom will never end. Mary asked the angel, well, how can this happen? I'm a virgin. The angel replied, the Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the baby to be born will be holy. He will be called the Son of God. So Mary became pregnant while still a virgin through the power of the Holy Spirit. And then what about Joseph? Joseph, her fiancé, was a good man and did not want to disgrace her publicly, so he decided to break the engagement quietly. You can imagine Joseph's position. This was probably a very hard sell that, <laughs> that Mary had here. But Joseph, being the good man, was going to break the engagement, but he did not want to disgrace her publicly. As he can consider this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. Joseph, son of David, the angel said, Do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit. She will have a son, and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. When Joseph woke up, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded and took, Joseph, uh, took Mary as his wife, and Joseph named the baby Jesus. This is back to, to Luke. The time came for the baby to be born. She gave birth to her first child, a son. She wrapped him snugly in strips of cloth, laid him in the manger because there was no lodging available for them. That night there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding the flocks of sheep. By the way, just a little side note, these shepherds were guarding sheep, 
And most uh, theologians and had studied the time period and everything believe they were uh, they had Passover sheep. They were guarding, protecting sheep uh, for sacrifice and, and looking after the sheep. Isn't it interesting that the, uh, they would hear what I'm about to read proclaimed and they are looking after Passover lambs? Just a little thought. But the Lamb of God was coming. I believe the shepherds actually connected it to prophecy. They knew exactly what was happening here. Suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared among them. The radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. They were terrified, but the angel reassured them, don't be afraid. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. And you will recognize him by this sign. You will find the baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth lying in the manger. Suddenly the angel was joined by a vast host of others, the armies of heaven, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. It didn't say that men would have goodwill towards each other. We know that's not true, but from God, peace towards mankind, peace towards humanity because of the Lamb of God, because of Jesus and the price that he would pay. You know, it's, it's interesting that John the Baptist uh, came from the priesthood family, and he was set to be a high priest. In fact, if Jesus hadn't come, the next year he'd been the high priest. But the high priest did what? selected the Passover lamb that represented Israel, the only one qualified to select the lamb for Passover was the high priest, which was John the Baptist who said, Behold the Lamb of God who comes to take away the sins of the world. He was declaring this is the one in his role as place, the only one qualified to say who the Passover lamb was. There's layers upon layers in the Word. You never run out how God made this thing so plain and so clear. But I wanted to talk for just just a few moments that this is not the entire Christmas story, that this is the birth of, of Jesus, but the Christmas story started in the Garden of Eden. It started there, and I'm going to just unfold it, unfold it to you some. God created a world where there was no sickness, no pain. There was no suffering. He created a place that uh, was beautiful and wonderful to live in. And God created man. Why? Because God wanted a family. God wanted relationship with people. He wanted the relationship with like people like him that had the capacity to be to receive love and to give love. See, at the core of our being, he created us to have loving relationships. And that's what the family of God is is actually about. God gave man control of what happens in the earth. He gave man the capacity to make good or the capacity to make evil. It was in man's control. Man was to choose. God taught man everything that he needed to know and to have 
to have a wonderful life, a fulfilling life. He, he didn't hide it from us. He gave us the guidelines. He gave us the instructions. But man wanted to rule the earth independent of God. Man didn't want God's wisdom. Man didn't want God's te- teachings or input. Man wanted to do it his own way. And as a result, what entered the earth was sickness, disease, poverty, lack, pain, suffering. Even planet earth was affected by this. And what did the earth start doing? Earthquakes and tornadoes and other uh, devastating uh, events on planet earth started taking place. And as man grew more and more um, alienated to the teachings of God and the ways of God, false prophets raised up and false religions started coming forth and wrong ideas about God, misrepresentation of who God was to the point it was hard for man to even imagine what God was like. But God sent Jesus because he wanted humanity, he wanted us to know what he's really like. So he sent Jesus to show us. Because when you've seen Jesus, you've seen the Father. When you've seen Jesus, you've seen God. What did Jesus do? He went about doing good. He went about healing the sick. He went around about ministering life and freedom to all that he met. He showed us the goodness of God. God hasn't changed. He's a good God. But see, when man moved away from God, man was moved and led by fear, not by love. And man was afraid of God, afraid of even trusting God. I'm afraid to give my heart to God. I don't know what he will ask me to do. We were afraid. But see, fear is conquered by the perfect love of God. Because of his love, fear is dispersed and leaves our life. God had a plan because of his great love for us. The only harsh words that Jesus had, and you can think about and look at, was to those religious leaders that corrupted people and gave a false understanding of who God is. God is a righteous God, but righteousness called for the all sins to be paid for. But God didn't want man to suffer. He did not create us to suffer. He created us to love. Jesus born a virgin. He was a man in every way, except he was born without sin, and he lived a sinless life. He was crucified, hanging on the cross. He took all of our sins and laid it. It was laid on Jesus. He took our punishment. He took the punishment we deserved where we wouldn't have to face, ever face that punishment from God. He died and went to Hades, the abode of the wicked, those who died without God because of our sin. Our sins held him captive in the grave. But Jesus knew the prophecies that God had promised about him. He believed and knew the promises of God regarding the Messiah, and he released his faith in those promises to receive from God. He knew that God would raise him from the dead. He knew that the scriptures and the promise of God was that he would be the king of kings and the Lord of glory, that he would be the prince of peace. 
and that his throne would be restored for everlasting. He knew the promises that had been promised to him. And Jesus releases faith in God and his Father and what he said. And he, for the joy that was set before him, laid down his life. What was the joy? You and I. Turn to your neighbor and say, you were Jesus' joy. You were Jesus' joy that he went to the cross and he faced what he was about to face because he had you in mind. And he knew God was going to raise him up and there would be you and I as a part of the family. Jesus is now our big brother. Now we worship our big brother. I know you don't worship your brother and your family, but <laughs> your natural family, but our spiritual family, we worship him because he is our God. He is our everything. He's the one that paid the price for us. He did all of this in our place so we could obtain inheritance. See, Jesus obtained inheritance. He obtained every promise of God. In fact, the Bible says it's yes and amen in him. Where we're in him. So the promises, when you say, God, is this promise for me? Yes and amen. Yes and amen. Because we're in Jesus. Now the Bible says that God will never ever judge Jesus again. He will never punish Jesus. But here's the key for you and I. We're in Jesus. So we will never be judged and punished by God. The wrath of God will never be poured out on us because we're family. We belong to him and we're in Christ. Why? Because he wanted us so much. He wanted family. He wanted us. And we have an inheritance. And the Bible says if we'll confess him as Lord, that means we'll follow him and his teachings and his way of life. If we'll do that, we'll experience salvation. And we believe God's account of the death, burial, and resurrection. We believe that we experience his great salvation. And he promises you'll be born again. He promises that we'll have that inheritance. He promises an eternity in the world exactly the way he intended it to be. And let me tell you, eternity with him is heavenly. There is no sorrow, there is no pain, there is no suffering. Everything is perfect. And you and I belong there because he made the way and we're in him. Are you grateful for Jesus today? Are you thankful for him and all that he's done for us? I want you to bow your heads for just a moment. I want to give you an opportunity I know we're, we're family here this morning, but there might be someone here that says, I'm ready to follow Jesus. I'm ready to confess him as the Lord of my life. I want to give my heart and life to him. I want this, this new life. I want this peace. I want Jesus to be my Lord. That's you, if no one looking around for you, just slip your hand up. And we'll pray for you. Or maybe you prayed this before, but this Christmas morning, I'll say the hand, this Christmas morning, if you know you need to get reconnected back, get reconnected back this morning, fall back in love with him, because he's never, ever fallen out of love with you. 
See, really, the Christmas story is about a loving father who was unrelenting, unwavering in his pursuit of us, unwavering in his love for us to have family, to have us. Anyone else say, that's me. We're going to pray. Family, let's pray together. Say, dear God, thank you for Jesus. Thank you for loving me enough for sending your son, Lord. I receive Jesus as Savior and my Lord. I'll follow you, Lord, all the days of my life. Strengthen me to follow after you. Fill me with your precious Holy Spirit. And I give you honor today. And I give you glory today. In Jesus' mighty name. And everyone said, Amen. If you'd like to get more information about resources from Church of the Harvest, please check out our website at midsouthharvest.org. You may also contact us by phone at 662-890-1573 or toll free at 866-383-8277. You are Lord of my sin.